Mr. Pop. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to pair Jamar Chase and Jerry Rice as your two wide receivers in fantasy football? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to start Barry Sanders and Patrick Mahomes in your fantasy football lineup? Then this is the place for you. Encore Fantasy, the only place where the fantasy stars of today face off against the legends of yesterday. There are a lot of fantasy games out there that do simulations. Encore Fantasy is taking actual games from these players' past. It's not simulating them. It's not a guess. You're actually getting a Fred Bulitnikoff game, not what Fred Bulitnikoff might have done at some point. Whether you are new to fantasy football or a better know game, we have something for you. This is the Encore Fantasy Podcast. <laughs> And welcome back to the Encore Fantasy Games Podcast. I am your host, Ben Stecker, alongside my co-host, Michael Michaud. Say hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. No, hi, hi Ben. Michael. <laughs> good, night, uh, good to be back night, with Kev- you. Good night, Kevin. Good night, Kevin. Good night, Kevin. Good night, Tom Boy. Uh, good to be back with everybody here after the last couple of weeks over the holiday season. Had some of our fun, traditional Thanksgiving football. Some good games on that day, which is always enjoyable. Uh, well, got a little f- like one, one good game. The Giants game was not good. Oh, but the... Well, but the Packers, uh, or sorry, the Patriots uh, Vikings game, that was a good game, actually. So it was a good game. It was a good game. But anyway, well, we'll talk about all that. We've got a couple other things to get into the show this week. We're going to talk about are we seeing a changing of the guard at quarterback? Are the olds becoming legends in front of our eyes? And are the youngs becoming current legends, rising stars? I don't Something know. Like we'll that. find out. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, what we've seen over the last couple of weeks from players, highlight some of the greats that have been out there. We'll highlight, uh, some of the guys we're looking forward to next week as always. Uh, but one thing I kind of want to talk to right out of the gate here, Mr. Michael is the, uh, we're at the point of the season where while some teams that where we, where we note the difference between being mathematically eliminated from your fantasy football leagues and emotionally eliminated from your fantasy football leagues. And yes. Both of those things are happening right now, and they are not always the same thing. No. And neither of those things happen in Encore Fantasy Football, which is a great thing. But it's a good we thing. talk about everything on here. So let's talk about our actual other fantasy leagues, our season-long ones. Fortunately for me, and this is what brings it up in my mind, I have not been mathematically eliminated from any of my fantasy football leagues yet. Uh, that's not true. I've been mathematically eliminated from one. Okay, well, I lied already. So the show's <laughs> off to a great start. Uh, I think I'm in seven. seven oh, leagues. my God. I'm in five, and I thought that was a lot. Yeah, seven, seven leagues, but I have definitely been emotionally eliminated from some of those leagues. One in particular is the league we're in together. Started out the year with Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson. That was the anchor, the motor, the motor of my boat. There were private discussions amongst other league members that were concerned about the Ben Stecker train. <laughs> Yeah, it's never good for the league when I win, but it's good for me when I win. Everybody definitely had a moment of sad celebration when Cooper Cup got hurt because that took down one of my Phobos and Demoses, pulling my chariot onto success there, for sure. What a a reference. Oh, Edith Hamilton's mythology shows up. Fantastic. I love that. Keep going. Needless to say that that highfalutin, highfalutin. That that happened. And last week in a game that I probably needed to win, you have Travis Etienne stub his toe getting out of 
coming off the field or something stupid. And Mr. Peterson says that he can go back in the game, but I just chose to held him out out of caution. And I get 0.6 points from Travis Etienne. I've got Cooper cup on the, on the IR. He's not coming back anytime soon. I don't know. I just like, I, 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 I'm, I'm emotionally, I have Melvin Gordon in that league too, who I sat on thinking, Oh, okay. Javante Williams is going to go down. Melvin Gordon's going to get all the workload. And then he of course fumbled that away. <laughs> nice. So, Good pun. I have definitely been emotionally eliminated from that league. I just don't have any faith in my team at this point. And that's what I'm talking about between the difference between emotional elimination and physical elimination, actual mathematical elimination. No, I, I agree with you. And another part of that is when you when you have so many injuries uh, that like requires you to like scour the waiver wire every week and you're taking flyers. So you look at like, listen, we all know projections are kind of bogus because they don't mean, you know, they, they don't mean anything. And like live game projections are, you know, there's a whole quarter to play and a guy, you know, is projected to get two more points, but all he needs is one touchdown to blow that up. And you're like, then what's the point of these live? But anyway, so the, like the idea that when you're, when your team is struggling and guys that you've been relying on get hurt, I have, so I'm on, I have five teams um, Jamar Chase is on three of those teams and clearly was a high draft pick or like an important keeper. And so now I'm scrounging around for wide receivers or flex positions. And it just makes it almost like it's fun when the guys that you find hit, like I picked up Zay Jones in our league this week on Sunday morning and plugged him into the lineup and he got 27 points. I wasn't expecting that. That's fun. But more often than not, you're plugging in guys and then you leave a guy on the bench who gets 24 points and the guy you plugged in gets three. And you're like, what is the, what, why are we even doing this? It just becomes frustrating. So I understand that. Cause there is also a league that I'm in where I never seem to do well. It's a 14 team league. I was playing the second worst team in the league. I had Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones going into the second half. And all I needed was 12 points combined from the two of them. And obviously did not get that lost by four points. Insert fart noises here. Yeah, exactly. Like big fart noises. And my friend, I was texting him. He's like, my team's trash. And I was like, you're going to win. He was like, oh, you really need to win this game to try and get in the playoffs. And I was like, yeah, yeah, Ashley, I do. Thanks for ruining everything for me. I have another team that I'm not mathematically eliminated, but I have DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams on that team. And undoubtedly every week, I refuse to take Swift out of the lineup. <laughs> because that's the thing you have to do. You have to leave your first or second round pick in the lineup because it'd be stupid not to. And then Javante Williams goes and gets like six touchdowns in the last two games or whatever it is. It's because I know that the minute that I put Swift, yes. my bank, Swift is going to go off and Williams is going to have like 10 carries for 17 yards and no touchdowns. It's yes, just going to exactly. happen. And so, so now- this is so yeah. this is like the idea. This is the interesting psychology, right? Because it's World Cup season. So I'm going to reference the World Cup for a second. It's like on, on penalty kicks, goalies never stand there in the middle, even though a lot of guys go down the middle with their kicks. Because as a goalie in your head, you're like, well, I don't want to be seen as doing nothing. And if I stand here and they kick it to any either side of me, I'm going to give up the goal. So I'm going to at least guess. So then it looks like I'm doing something. And so with our fantasy picks, like we draft these guys in the first or second round, and you're like, no, 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 I picked that guy. It's a sunk cost fallacy. I picked that guy. He's my guy. It'd be stupid not to start him because he's a first or second round pick. And also there's the, like, at least if I start him and he does, and he does badly, people are like, well, you have to start DeAndre Swift. But no, at some point you read the exact results of the season and what's happened so, you so far. And you're like, start him. and you're like, oh, no, no, no. I don't need to start that guy. It's like hundred percent sunk cost yeah. fallacy, yeah. which is like the psychology of fantasy sports and everything and, else in life. And there's probably a pretty high level of that going around right now, because there's a lot of guys that were high picks that just didn't really pan this out. Is like, 
this is like the, this is like Aaron Rodgers. Like people keep playing Aaron Rodgers because like, well, eventually he's going to end this. will segue into what you brought up in the in the intro. But this is like, no, no, no. Well, Aaron Rodgers has been bad, but eventually he's not going to be bad because he's Aaron Rodgers. But at some point in real life, the guys become bad and they just are bad. So like, how long do you play that? No one wants to be that person again where they sit Aaron Rodgers and then he pulls like a 35 point game and you're like, well, now I'm an idiot. It's really, it's really the roll of the dice. And I mean, it just brings it back to the idea that this is gambling and so much of it is based on luck. And there is a strategy you can use to try and win, but a lot of the time you're just relying on. I mean, Rodgers is actually, I think he's like the 11th best quarterback. He's not the top five. He's always been. Oh yeah. But he's, I mean, he's got 21 touchdown passes. He's actually better than people think he has been this year. I'm surprised. He's declined from back-to-back MVP seasons, right? Like he's not doing that anymore. He's also throwing for like 195 yards a game, but he's throwing for two, three touchdowns in a game. That's saving his value. But anyway, he has regressed. He has, he is not delivering on what you would have invested in him on that. So he is regressed. Another guy that people are doing it with. And I finally think they're benching him now and, pains me to say this, but it's Russell Wilson. Like a lot of other people are like, oh, uh, yeah, me, always me. I am that guy. I'm that person in our league. <laughs> like, yeah. Always, always a, a value get in drafts every year because everybody just for whatever reason, he slides through and you come to expect that top seven, top five season. And now you can't start him. You cannot start Russell Wilson. Now, when you bench him this week, he's going to put up points against the crappy, overrated Baltimore defense that just got boat raced out by Horched. the, by the fighting Trevor Lawrence's. Did you see the costume that the Jaguars oh mascot yeah. was wearing? Yeah, I mean, he's wearing a, they look like a Brazilian on the Copacabana. Either a guy or a girl, actually. You have to keep that on the rest of the season, right? Well, now you do after that comeback. Yeah, yeah. everybody knows that. It's science, baby. Yeah, you you can't mess with that. You can't. You come back like that against uh, against Baltimore. You can't. You can't mess with that. No. Yeah. Uh, you can't mess with that. I. Uh, yeah. Um, Russell Wilson is one of those where I've had him on my bench and played him a couple times and got roasted a couple times by it. And now I'm like, nope. I'm. This is this is what the 2022 season is in my head. I'm like, no, we've we've committed to Marcus Mariota at quarterback for our fantasy team. <laughs> like that's that's what's going on this year. It's wild. It's completely wild. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Uh, you f- feel free to drop him, by the way, because I could use a quarterback for the last few couple of weeks. But anyway, hold on to him out of spite. <laughs> I know you will. But it's a good segue. <laughs> There's something else I want to talk about. We want to talk about this week, which is, are we seeing a changing of the guard at quarterback? So we've got these guys that we've known to be good. Obviously, some of them, the decline is a little bit more obvious. Like Matt Ryan has nothing left in the tank, right? Like nothing. Ryan for years has been a fantasy stalwart. Like, yeah, it was, he wasn't maybe like, top three, but he was usually in that top five to seven range. He's one of those, he's one of those guys where people tell you don't draft a quarterback in the first five or six rounds because you can get Matt Ryan in the eight or ninth round and he will be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. You could do that. Not obviously not this year. Matt Ryan was, was Kirk Cousins before it was cool to be Kirk Cousins. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's never been cool to be Kirk Cousins. Oh, it's cool this year. Have you not seen the chains? No, no, you're right. I've seen the chains. I don't know if that's cool necessarily, but it's a thing that's happening. He's clearly fallen off a cliff. He's basically done. It's keeping with the tradition of washed up quarterbacks finishing out their seasons. Their careers in Indianapolis seems to be a thing that's going on there right now. We talked about Russell Wilson. Is yep. that a switchover? We don't know. I hope not. I hope you not because it's spent a lot of money. You can read That's a thousand different articles out there on, on whether it is or whether it isn't or what's going on, but there's certainly alarm flags going on there. You've got, uh, you know, Rogers, who we talked about. He's actually he's actually that top 12, t- top 10 to 12 range right now, but we're used to him being what? Top top three? Top, top four? three. Also, Love looked really good in his brief, brief cameo 
against a soft-ish defense on Sunday Night Football, but he did look pretty good. And maybe the the Rodgers plan that they're going to do that they did with Aaron Rodgers that they might do with him might work out. But yeah, Rodgers, he's hurt. He has like several injuries. Tom Brady has not been Tom Brady this year. Like again, I'm sure if I pulled it up right now, he's probably a top ten quarterback statistically. But with that offense, we were expecting a lot more than that. Um, you know, people, well, some people were kind of down on them, but other people were like, no, they still have all these weapons. They got Julio Jones, they got Evans, they got Fournette, you know, all these people. And it just hasn't quite worked out that way. So he's one. Brady's down a lot. He's, he's like 15, 16. Technically, probably not even startable. If, if you're in a, in a yeah, 10, fair. 12 team league, you probably and then not there's And then there's Matt Stafford, who we know before the season started, there was the elbow thing. Yeah. Um, he basically is physically dead. I mean, he's just, he's yeah, he's RIP. He's, Right, exactly. So, um, so yeah, there, there, there do seem to be a lot of these guys that have been stalwart, like fancy stalwarts, like you said, who are kind of reaching. And and we we have this idea in our mind, right? Like, what is old for a professional athlete? And that is slowly changing. Obviously, you have LeBron James still performing at a high level in the NBA at you know in his late thirties. You have Tom Brady in his forties. You have Aaron Rodgers in his late thirties. But there does come a point where you just can't do it. Um, and you know, with Tom Brady, whether that's on the field physically or off the field mentally with everything that's going on, who knows? But then there are what I think you're pointing out is changing of the guard with these guys like Jalen Hurts. Justin Fields is pretty good with a pretty bad team. Obviously, there's still Lamar Jackson. You know, Jared Goff has been a pretty good fantasy quarterback this year on a pretty bad Lions team, but whether they're bad because of their offense or their defense. Yeah. You know, probably their defense, but there's a bunch of guys where all of a sudden it's shifting. We've got the Brady's, we've got the Rogers, we got all these guys who are transitioning into where we're hoping for them to get done and retire, so we can move them into the the encore fantasy football legend side, yeah. and no longer the active it, yes, side, because yes, 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 you're yes, going to yes, get yes. much better points from them from some of their past games than you're getting from right now. But yeah, to your point, we have Mahomes, we have Allen, we have Lamar Jackson, we have Joe Burrow, who over the last couple of years have established themselves as those guys. Well, I didn't say those guys because they're the obvious ones, but yes, yeah, so they're still there to carry the torch but yeah the new wave it's hurts it's fields it's tua oh yeah i forgot about tua i mean Tua's yes. just over here mowing people down it was last season where everyone's like Tua's trash this is the thing that you always have to take with a grain of salt in the nfl world within a matter of a week it can change i mean look really the, look at daniel jones to be honest yeah like daniel jones he's, been, is another he's one. been much better this year than he was last year and it turns out when you have a coach who is actively trying to win games uh, instead of trying not to lose games, it becomes way different in how you play and perform. And when you're playing up to a guy's skills versus trying to make him something that he isn't, that also matters. I think that's true of Jalen Hurts. I think that's true of Justin Fields. I think well, that's Justin true Fields, Phillips. as of week four, Justin Fields was being called a colossal bust. I, I mean, agree. Yeah. As of week four, he had not topped uh, 175 passing yards in a game this year. Which is crazy. And he still is, he's not topping 200. So we know what's going on with Justin Fields. The guy can run. There's there's no doubt about it. The guy can run. Now, he doesn't have a lot of weapons there. So the fact that his passing numbers are down could be on the fact that he struggles there. Could be on the fact that he doesn't have weapons there. We don't really know for sure. It's got a little bit of the Lamar Jackson uh, feel to it with that one. He's not a top 10 fantasy uh, option if he's not running for 190 yards a game. Which True. is just absurd what he's been doing on the ground over there. Mm, but yeah, you gotta bit. you gotta wonder, you know, how long that lasts and what goes on there. But he he is now legitimately he's and every year, and I've said this for 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 several years, every year there's at least three guys in the top 10 
in fantasy that you didn't think would have any chance of being there. Usually there's at least three guys in the top seven that you didn't think would have any chance of being there. Josh uh, this year, there you go. This year, you got Geno Smith, <laughs> Justin Fields, and you got Tua. You just don't know. But there does seem to be a little bit of that changing of the guard, that, that, that transition from the guys that we've always known for years and years and years to a younger group of guys that are coming in. Some of these guys are going to stick around, whether that's Herbert, whether that's Fields, whether that's Hertz. Whether that's Tua, we don't oh, know yeah, for forgot, sure yet. I forgot about Justin Herbert. Yeah, him too. He's obviously yeah. been good for a couple of years now. Yeah, I mean, some of these guys are going to stick around long term. And I I do think that this year is a pretty significant signal. And, and some of the veterans are not done yet. They look like they're done now, but they're not done yet. And you can have your own hopes on which ones those are. Obviously, we know which one I'm hoping that is. Let's cook, gonna... baby. Let's yeah. cook. For all we know, we thought... Stafford didn't have much left in his tank a couple of years ago. And then he came back and had a fantastic year and went to the Super Bowl and did all that. Maybe he comes back from the dead again and they retool over there and give him another audience or another uh, team and they go. But so we'll see. So there's always going to be some give and take there. But I, I think generally speaking, some of those legends are about to become actual. Well, they're going to be become legends and then it'll be awesome to play with them in Encore Fantasy games in Encore Fantasy football. But but it's like, um, what was the point I was trying to make? Um, Oh, like what, what are you will as a fantasy player, what are you willing, like, who are you willing to take a risk on right now? Right? Like you're late in your season. Maybe you were like me and you went into the, your drafts and were like, I'm going to play the quarterback as a deep position game. And I'm going to wait till the eighth or ninth round to pick one. And in some leagues I've been hurt by that, but let's say you have an opportunity. Are you taking a chance on uh, Aaron Rodgers right now, or are you taking a chance on a Geno Smith right now, or a Jared Goff right now, or Daniel Jones, or Tom Brady? Like, you know, part of you is like, why well, can't not look oh, old? Aaron Rodgers is on the waiver wire and it's week 13. Like, that seems crazy in your mind. And then you look at the numbers and you're like, well, actually, so is Jared Goff. And I think I have a better chance of scoring more points with Jared Goff than Aaron Rodgers. That is the cognitive dissonance you have to face as a fantasy player. Um, you know, when you face these things and, and think about the changing of the guard. And I think that like, if you ask a fantasy player, like straight up, who would you pick right now? Waiver wire, here's what's available. Which players are you going with? I think you're going to a lot of people be like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing the Aaron Rodgers thing. I'm going to take a risk with X player, X quarterback, whomever, you know, yeah. Kyle, Kyle Allen. No, don't, yeah. don't. Don't pick Kyle Allen. Don't pick. Don't pick Kyle Allen or Trevor. Uh, speaking Sorry, of ben. speaking of having to go to the waiver wire for things, uh, I don't know why it didn't dawn on me or occur to me or or I just wasn't paying attention to the fact that there's teams with bye weeks this late into a fantasy season. It's the dumbest after Thanksgiving. Thing there like, aren't the how many teams have bye weeks this week? Isn't it like six? I I don't know what the NFL's thinking with this nonsense. I'm sure there's something in the new CBA, but come on. Uh, are you telling me right now, if Tyler Murray is my quarterback. I've got to play trying to get into the playoffs in these last two weeks without him in one of the final two weeks of a seat. Come on now. What are we doing here? I mean, what it's, are we doing? It's, cra it's absolutely crazy to me. So how about this? This week, it's just the Cardinals and Panthers. So I was a week behind next week, week 14, often the last week of regular season fantasy action in a lot of leagues the falcons bears packers colts saints and commanders all have buys six teams what have buys heck? in week 14 this like what do you do with that how do you i mean I, I, do, that, that's like a final play in week for some that's people crazy. yeah it is i yeah in in a lot of leagues i have in my cousin's league in which no money is at stake but a very nice championship belt with a picture of all of this is on and i wanted to win it more than anything in the world 
Although I should, I created it, so I should just be able to take it. But uh, it currently resides in California with my cousin's wife. But like, I need to win. And like, I'm looking at that and looking at my team and being like, I have to manage my team in week 14, like it's week six, you know, like that's, that's crazy. You'd think for the, you'd think with, you'd think the NFL knowing how important fantasy is as part of its product would not saying you should factor that in, but you know, factor that in, like maybe have more teams have a buy on Thanksgiving week. I think teams would appreciate that instead of week 14. It's a, it's a thing. At least I don't, I don't even know with that one. This is like when you have like a big rivalry game in week eight, and then you have that same rivalry game in like week 10. Why are you doing that? That's poppycock. You know, who does not have buys? Who's that? Encore fantasy football does not what? have buys in Get week 13 here. and 14 and 15, because we're not dumbasses like the NFL. You're right. And guess who picked all legends in week 11 and had a dynamite week. I mean, I, I came in second, but I, I came in second with all legends and it was pretty flipping awesome. And I had the two top scoring players of the week. Um, well, well. Let the one of them is definitely our legendary performance. Um, oh, absolutely. That's none other than the great Randall Cunningham. Randall well, Cunningham. 447 passing yards and five touchdowns. I'm surprised there weren't there wasn't more rushing touchdowns. Randall Cunningham projected 15.2 points. It was a risk, I'll admit it. It was a risk, but that I was much a, a ran, I mean there is some risk there for sure. But he chips in 46.48 points. That's like a third what is that? A 31 point delta right there. I mean, uh, talk about hitting the jackpot on that one. His game was from September 17, 1989. A 42, 42, 37 victory over the then Redskins, uh, where he went 34 for 46, 447 yards, five touchdowns, one interception and six rushing yards. He was also sacked four times. Sweet mercy. What a game. You know what I love, too, is, is that of all the random things, the winner, in addition to you, also had Randall Cunningham. So two people rode the Randall Cunningham what? wagon. Is that yep. why I lost? That's why I lost, because That's I had one of the reasons. nothing. Of the two top teams who scored 156 and 154 points, you had all but two players were historical legends. He also had Ricky Waters. Did you have Ricky? Yes! Come on! <laughs> I lost by wow. two what points. What are the odds? The odds are bad. Oh, you what know were, what the what, odds what are? Other the, guy is, the guy is listening to our podcast, and we've been talking about Ricky mm, Waters a lot. And that's, he went we with it. must be the he answer. Did. Yeah. Thank you, loyal listener, for taking our lineup. Red one. Red all right, one. So I had, I had Ricky Waters. I feel like Earl. I should be red leader, not red one. Not should to be. criticize the guy's name here, or gal's name, as a kid may be. Because he's a Star Wars fan. So I went with Randall Cunningham. My wide receivers were trash. Marvin Harrison got eight points. Torrey Holt got four. Steve Smith got 20. Okay, not trash. Okay. Then I had Earl Campbell for 15. Ricky Waters for 37. Dominic Williams. I leaned into that for 15. Of course you did. And Jason Witten for 10. So what's going to really kill you is, yes, they had Ricky Waters and Randall Cunningham. They um, had zero points from Shannon Sharples to be. Uh, so that's brutal. <laughs> that's brutal. They went with Justin Jefferson as their wide receiver, which was a big one. Okay, was... well, that's fair. You know what? I'm counting this as a win. If I had taken uh, Justin Jefferson instead of Torrey Holt, then I would have won. Let's talk about this 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 Randall Cunningham game. Because again, 447 okay. yards, five touchdowns, one interception, six rushing yards, 89. That's got to be an Eagles game. It is the Eagles game, yes. Again, home against the uh against the Redskins, uh coached by Joe Gibbs and the Red Ooh, check this out. This is kind of crazy. The Redskins had a 20 to 7 lead uh after one quarter. It was 20, it was 30 to 14 at halftime. 
And then the Eagles scored seven points in the third to fall to make it 30 to 21 and then scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to win 42 37, including a touchdown. What looks like super late in the game to win. So good, good comeback by the Eagles, which is hard for me to say because I hate the Eagles. <laughs> Randall Cunningham was fun to watch, man. I got to pop up some of his old highlight videos and go watch him. One of the biggest ones is the flip into the end zone. Yeah, yeah. Just as like check, one of those guys. Check this out. It was 42 37. So high scoring game. Gerald Riggs, the running back for the Redskins slash commanders, ran for 221 yards and a touchdown. Holy Gary smokes. Clark had four catches for 153 yards and two touchdowns. Keith Jackson had 12 catches for 126 yards and three touchdowns. What? <laughs> Taking him. You know, that's that's a ridiculous amount of points. That is 24. That's 42 points, roughly. And a long of 24. So that guy was like Wes Welker before it was cool to be Wes Welker. What a game. I, what a you, game. I don't, you didn't even know that such fancy games existed back in the 80s. That's 1989. I know that's like, when that's two massive wide receiver performances when they're when their shoulder pads were like 30 <laughs> pounds. Nobody was tackling in that in that rivalry game. That's all there. Was no. Also on the hard concrete turf of Veterans Stadium, the Redskins were listed first, but they were the home team. That was RFK, which is set to be demolished soon. Coming down here in D.C. Yeah, it was a it was a good week, though, for legends. As far as the Delta goes, obviously, Randall Cunningham was the highest at 31. Ricky Waters, who had uh, he did it mostly through the air. He had four catches for 160 yards and two receiving touchdowns. <laughs> but his Delta was 18 uh, points over his projection. He scored 36 to his 17. Uh, he also had 40 rushing yards and a touchdown. So he had three total touchdowns, but he had 106 receiving yards, which is what you would obviously expect from your running back, because obviously... Obviously, but, uh, uh, you so out of the top 10 scorers in week 11, six were legends. We had Cunningham Waters and then Robert Smith had a big game with a delta of 16, 28.5 points. Andre Johnson had about 28 points, delta of 13. Gronk had 25 points, delta of 10. And Donovan McNabb had 24.5 points, delta of eight. So yeah. another strong performance by the legends at the top. Legends of the, is stepping uh, up a little bit there. Yeah. Stepping up a little. Now, you know who came and made a comeback, though? It was the uh, current wide receivers made a comeback. Some yeah, you'd did. expect. Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, big weeks, 21, 29 points. Uh, T. Higgins, 24.4 points. Of course, he was going to get the targets with Jamar Chase out, and he stepped up uh, big that way. Christian Watson. Mr. Touchdown is starting to, starting to emerge over there. I... You know, you, you, they've always said Rodgers hates rookies, but I think he found a rookie he likes. Well, he especially hated him when in like the first pass of the season, he dropped a wide open touchdown against the Lions on uh, in the in week one. Uh, and then I feel like Christian Watson disappeared for five weeks. But since then, he has clearly come back. He scores like two touchdowns a game over the last four games or whatever. He he already has. He didn't score his first touchdown until something like week nine and he already has more touchdowns than like Justin Jefferson and like several other big time wide receivers. So it's pretty, pretty crazy that the guy has just come on strong like this. He's got two 100 yard receiving games. He's got, as you said, averaging two touchdowns a game. I mean, the guy might emerge as that league winner in regular fantasy too. There's a real something there and he's been a value play in our leagues because his projections haven't been that high, although they're clearly skyrocketing. Right they're now. going up. The guy you mentioned earlier, I, and I, I had him on my team earlier on in the year because he looked like that possession guy, but Zay Jones. Zay Jones has turned into a Trevor Lawrence magnet over there and a target monster. I mean, he's got like 20, 21 targets over the last two weeks. Turns out it's hard to predict how this works because I remember from like weeks eight through last week, 
Christian Kirk was like, oh, yeah, he's the guy. He gets all these targets. I'm not saying he's not the guy because he still is. But like Zay Jones, no one when you ask anybody who's a top receiver that you want on your fantasy team, no one's going to say Zay Jones. But the guy, the ball comes his way and he's making catches on it. I'd love to see him score a few more touchdowns, but he did catch a two point conversion last week. So you take what you can get and, you know, 12 catches or whatever it is. He is. He's number 10 among all wide receivers with receptions this year. That's great. And one of those wide receivers is done for the year. And that's, that's Cooper cup. So he's moving up the lists and continues to move up the lists. And he, I mean, they've been looking for a guy that they could trust there. Everybody thought it was Kirk because Kirk used to catch the touchdowns, like you said, but uh, no, Zay Jones looks like the, the safety like it. And we're seeing these potential league winners emerge. Christian Watson, Jalen Burks, uh, Zay Jones are guys who are emerging as the target. And if you're in a PPR league, those guys are going to pay huge dividends for you down the way. Well, not so much on the rushing side. I mean, you're getting rewarded if you hit the faith in Josh Jacobs. That's if you if you kept the faith in Josh Jacobs, which I would like to say that coming into the season, I felt like I was super high on Josh Jacobs. And then every preview I read was like, no, he's basically dead. He's dying. He's a zombie. Don't ever draft him. The Raiders have all these wide receivers are never going to run the ball. And now I'm kicking myself for not drafting him higher. But then again, hindsight is 2020. Captain hindsight. Running backs have been really hard this year. Derrick Henry is having a good year, and Nick Chubb is having a good year, and Saquon is having a good year, and Josh and Jacobs. Jamal and then, Williams is having a great year. Jamal Williams is having a good year for scoring touchdowns on Ben's bench. But after that, I feel like it's been really hard. Uh, yeah, it has. It's been a little loose. I mean, Aaron Jones has had, he's surfaced here and there, but he's also disappeared here and there. I mean, Dalvin Cook has been depressing for what you paid for him. Miles Sanders was down until the last two weeks. I mean, the last two weeks have bumped him up into the top 10, and I feel like he wouldn't be there. Jonathan Taylor was injured. Everyone was loving on Damian Pierce for some few weeks, and now he's kind of tailed off a little bit. That's what happens when you're the only weapon on a, on a Texans team that's got legit nothing else correct. going on. I bought into that, and you can't really trust him as a running back two at this point i feel like he he is a, he's an rb3 or a flex a couple of guys that might be those league winners that you might have been able to scoop up off the wire in the last few weeks deontay foreman's one of them he's been helpful yeah he's, he's clearly the guy in carolina and he's got pretty soft matchups down the way you got detroit you got uh seattle you got pittsburgh as good as detroit and pittsburgh defenses have stepped up lately they're still flawed there another one jeff wilson in miami guilty Back. i'm also relying on him Back-to-back weeks with touchdowns. I didn't have the yards per carry you wanted against Houston, but he gets the touches, he gets the looks, and he gets in the end zone. So in a high-powered offense, even if he's not getting the you know the touches early on, if they're passing the ball, once that game gets out of control, he's going to get the grind him to dust work. I'll tell you what, someone else, and I hate saying this because it hurts me, super deep inside. Super, super deep, deep inside. inside. Tony but- Pollard. Well, him and Zeke, to be honest, like both of them. Zeke has seven touchdowns this year in nine games. Like, it's true. That's not nothing. Uh, he's not the dynamic, like 25 carries, you know, a game that he was like three years ago or four years ago, but the guy is putting up points. He's a slight, it's, it's a slightly more balanced workload between him and Tony Pollard than it is between Swift and Williams. It's kind of the same thing, right? Like, both guys could technically be in a lineup, but. Uh, with the Detroit running backs, one is going to actually have a, a, a reasonable game. The other one's going to have like nine points, which is going to annoy you. Whereas in Dallas, I think both Zeke and Pollard are getting those 15, 17, 20 point games every week because they are, they're using them to that one, two punch killing Dak Prescott owners, but 
Can't win them all. Tight end is another position where some guys are starting to really pop up. You held the faith in Pat Firmuth. That's a guy who's rewarding you. I know somebody has held the faith in Pat Firmuth. A, a guy who has fallen off for the last couple of weeks, but he started to emerge as a huge target favorite for Fields, and that was Cole Komet. Hawkinson, Hawkinson man, with the, the Vikings. Move, the move to the Vikings. Yeah, I, that's going to explode. It just adds another wrinkle, another tool for old Captain Kirk over there to win with. Captain Kirk remains a good a good example of how you can still buy a quarterback low in a draft and win because he's that guy. Nobody yes. paid nobody paid a high draft pick or more this than is, four or five dollars in an auction. Oh pick. man, okay. My cousin and I were having this conversation <laughs> over the weekend because he's a big Jets fan and he was obviously talking about like what the heck are the Jets supposed to do? You you have Zach Wilson who isn't looking like the guy right now, partly because of skill and ability and partly because of douchiness. So do you just let Mike White go? Do you commit, like the Jets aren't going to have a high draft pick this year. Do you try and get a quarterback in the draft? What do we need from a quarterback? What does your team need? You're not going to get a once in a lifetime quarterback. That's so rare. Do you just spend money to buy a pretty solid quarterback like a Ryan Tannehill or a Kirk Cousins or these guys who can win you games. They'll lose you some games, but they'll win you games more than they'll lose and then build your team from there. Like not every team is going to grab a franchise quarterback in the draft. It's just not how it works anymore. It's too risky to do that. And you're basically starting rebuilds again and again and again. I was thinking about comparing Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. They basically bought Kirk Cousins, which is fine. And then you look through teams like the Jets who are trying to build through the draft with a quarterback. Oh man, that is gambling so hard. So hard on that. That's a prickly one. Zach Wilson, you are not cutting bait on him yet. I'm sorry. You put a first round pick into I him. don't think so either, but I'm just saying this it's, is the problem that you run up against. He's got what you would consider probably an attitude issue. Uh, I mean, that's the narrative right now, right? Because that's what we just saw with his little, you think you let the defense down? No. Okay. All right. You just dude. accounted well, for about 70 yards in the whole game. Do you think you screwed up? Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, no. step your step your press game up. That's rookie symposium training 101. Always take the blame quarterback. Get a financial advisor and always take the blame. <laughs> but the reality of the situation is before that game, I mean, he'd thrown for 500 yards in the two games previous and three touchdowns. He's flashed. He is definitely flashed. He's flashed trash. He's flashed good things. So you're not you're not cutting bait on a guy like that. You definitely are bringing in like a Jacoby Brissett or somebody that you could maybe push him a little bit with. Doesn't help when Mike White comes in and throws for like 300 plus yards and three touchdowns, right. <laughs> including to Elijah Moore, who wanted to leave the Jets six weeks ago. <laughs> exactly. Like, You've got a little bit of some some growing up you need to do with Wilson there, but I think the talent is still there. I think I think you can still do that. I mean, the 355 yards he threw in a touchdown in the game was against the New England Patriots. Their defense isn't the worst in the world. No, it was I mean, also super as as Zach Wilson wanted to say regularly it was really windy it was really really windy so what we're going to do is for this coming week's league michael and i are going to do a little a little a uh, little fun draft here where we're only going to get historical players and we are going to pick them one at a time to fill our rosters this week and we're going to see whose historical roster does the best yeah that's right that's i'm excited for this that is what we're going to do who's going to determine who gets the first pick well, I'm we'll a do- gentleman. I'll let you go first. We'll just make Great. it easy. Super duper. I love to hear it. My first pick, Priest Holmes. The guy had a short career, shortish, and had some dynamite games in there. So I'm gambling on the high upside of Priest Holmes for my number one pick. It's a good Thank move. You. I'm going to go with a guy who hasn't shown up much. He's got low projected points, but he's got a lot of production in all of his time. Chris Martin. Mm, he's on my list. Okay, good choice. Yeah. I was basically looking through lists of great players and then how many years they played and trying to keep it to like 10. 
we doing snake, so I get to go again, right? Sure. Oh, oh, thanks, guy. I'm going to continue to lean into the running back spot, and just because I love him so much, but also he had a great career, I'm definitely going with Barry Sanders next. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I'm going to pick Megatron because, again, shortish, but also guaranteed Hall of Fame career, Calvin Johnson. Sign him up. Let's go. Got him. That's a good move. I like that. I'm going to go with LaShawn McCoy. Shady. I'm going to I'm going to bank on getting LaShawn McCoy's like one of those uh one of those huge years like one of the games from those huge years he had in that middle section with like the Eagles. Um so that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping for in uh taking LaShawn McCoy. All right. I like it. I like it. Gronk yes. is my pick. He had a great career. I'm going high again in the running back department. Gonna go high. I'm putting a lot of money into my running backs on this one. Clearly. And we are going with Dominic Williams. So I'm trotting out a trio of Curtis Martin, Barry Sanders, Dominic Williams. And I only have roughly 12 points per slot per, left for a quarterback, wide receiver, and wide receiver. I'm gonna have to get some value <laughs> buys in that wide receiver. Yeah. Uh great. You're you're done with running backs, so I don't have to worry about that. It's true. I should have I should have kept that 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 guess going over there. Now you got to go out and grab the other things. Yeah, yeah. All right. So um, I'm going to go with, you know, quarterbacks are interesting with our legendary players because their scores are not that high, uh, their projection scores. So I'm going to take, again, hoping for the guy had a short-ish career, but I'm going with Tony Romo as my quarterback because he put up a lot of numbers. So I'm I'm going with Tony Romo. I'm really shocked that you're going to Sully yourself with a Cowboys quarterback. Well, I'm not proud of it, but I'm trying to win here. So it's not like I'm going to take Dave Brown. So of the Giants, because you know what? What was his? What is his projected score? I bet it's pretty bad. Oh, it's under eight. I'm going to try to get a little bit of a a, a high floor guy here. Could backfire me because there was a season in the beginning that he wasn't as good. Maybe one or two. But I love the PPR level, so I'm going to go with a little Wesley Welker action here. Oh, you can't go wrong with Wes with Wes Welker um, yeah. ever. The guy just caught so many passes. Just be stupid not to. My last running back is Corey Dillon. I'm going with Corey Dillon. Um, Corey Dillon, like that. legendary running back. Yeah. So now my running backs are Priest Holmes, LaShawn McCoy, and Corey Dillon. Clearly like going for a mid to late aughts running back squad. Uh, stick into the 21st century. Stick to the 21st century. Actually, my whole team is the 21st century. Oh, it's so boring. I need to find someone old. Okay, now you have two picks in a row. You know, let's have a little bit of fun. Yeah, let's uh, put it on the board. Championship, TJ Hushmanzada. Oh, TJ Hushmanzada. Man, TJ House Manelli. I was not expecting to see TJ Hushmanzada on here. Yeah, I'm going for. Um, I'm, I'm I'm just predicting that I'm going to get a game from his vaunted 2007 season when he had 112. Catches 1143 yards and 12 touchdowns. It's coming. It's coming my way. So I need a wide receiver and a tight end. I'm going to pick Kellen Winslow, senior. Always a good pick. Kellen Winslow, senior, always seems to drop a few a few scores. Yeah. So now, now I actually have a fair number of points to play with here. I have 33 Ooh. points for my two wide receiver positions. I want to take Jerry Rice, but as we've talked about on this thing, he's just kind of dangerous because he played for so long. Um so I'm going to take someone else, and that person is Charles Taylor Hennigan. Oh, Charlie Hennigan. Charlie Hennigan, who only played seven years in the NFL, but had 51 touchdowns in 95 games, which is pretty good. And he's projected for 16.77 points. So Charlie Hennigan is my 
second of three wide receivers. You're, you're calling own. back in the old touchdown to game ratio. You're yes, your exactly. There. The niche metric, the touchdown exactly. to game ratio. That's a good call. You know, I, my team's got a little bit of, they're, they're kind of a lot of current guys on here or not current guys, but like recent guys on here. And I'm sticking with that trend a little bit. Okay. Um, because I'm going to ride Drew Brees at quarterback. I'm going to try to pull in some of those Saints games there. Damn, that's a pretty good pick. I almost forgot about him. And then you have one more pick, and then I have my last pick. And on my last pick, I've got, what do I got? 15.1 points to work with for the wide receiver side. There's some good options in here. So many good options. I'm looking at the list right now. Mm. There's so many good options. Just 0.1 point too short for me to get my guy, Lance Allworth. Just can't afford him. But what I am going to do is I'm going to throw out an emotional buy here and I'm going to give one up to my boy Demarius Thomas. There you go. DT had some huge games. He was a huge That dude Bronco. was unstoppable. He that guy games. was unstoppable. He had games even with, with Timmy Tebow. So he was uh, he was a lot of fun to have. There. And so if you gonna... can be a successful wide receiver with Tim Tebow, then you're a great NFL player. Good pick. I'm going to take Lance Allworth because I wanted to take him anyway, so I'm glad that you couldn't. So I'm taking Lance Allworth. So I have a good mix of 60s and 2000s basing on my team. I got two guys from the 60s and everyone else in the 21st century. So you're jazzed about this. This is good. I mean, I've got some 90s in here with Curtis Martin. I've got some yep. I've got some early 2000s with Hushmanzella. Hushmanzada. Uh, Meshman Muzi. I've got uh, Barry in here from the 90s. And you, since you've got some of the old 60s, this is a pretty good, this should be a pretty good battle. So what's your roster again? Hit, okay. Hit, hit. Quarterback, Tony Romo. Wide receivers, Calvin Johnson, Charlie Hennigan, Lance Allworth. Running backs, Priest Holmes, LaShawn McCoy, Corey Dillon, tight end, Kellen Winslow. All legends. All legends, legends, baby. All legends. Legends for the win. And I've got on my end, I've got Drew Brees. He's throwing the rock to Wes Welker. Uh, Oh, I might have messed up that one. Yeah, I picked the wrong Wes Welker, and I picked Wes I'm sorry, Walker, what? who is projected at 11.13. Let's see who I picked. This is awesome. I got picked a guy I don't even know who he is. Wesley Walker. Wesley Walker. Wesley Darcel Walker went to California, played... 70s uh, player. 70s player for the New York Jets, wide receiver. Oh. He, he had, you know what? Not a bad career. 71 touchdowns 71 and 154 touchdowns. games. That's not so bad. He he it looks like his stats aren't that good, but it looks like he was always hurt. 12 games yeah. of the year, five games. Also, of the year. he led the he in 1978 led the NFL in receiving yards uh is, and yards per game. And he is not gonna help me in the receptions category, but he had a lot of big plays there. All right. So Drew Brees is throwing the rock to Wesley Walker. He's all throwing it to TJ Hushmanzada. Mr. Big Red Zone threat. He's got Demarius Thomas, who can score from anywhere. And then carrying the rock. This is the heart of my order right here. Curtis Martin, Barry Sanders. You went for it. Dominic Williams. We went, we went all in. And Gronk. Gronk going to pop in with some of his three touchdown games with Brady there. I'm looking at Wesley Walker's game log from 1978 when he led the league in receiving yards. And he's got a five catches for 154 yards and a touchdown game against the Baltimore Colts, I imagine. Uh, October 15th, 1978. I think that's one of the ones you want. Or four catches, 133 yards in a touchdown. Six catches, 126 yards in a touchdown. So he's got some games in there. Looking forward to this to see what happens here. All right. So that was fun. So we did that. We got to, we got our, our historical legends showdown between Michael and myself. Talked a little bit about the change of the guard at quarterbacks, which is always great to see. You know, something a question to ask yourself, even if you're not mathematically eliminated from your fancy leagues, have you emotionally eliminated yourself? Have I you checked have. out and started so, thinking about baseball season? It's possible. Yeah. 
Uh, last thing we have to do, uh, let's 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 throw down on our our uh, picks for games. I'm actually going to go a little bit different this time around. Okay. And instead of picking one game, I have. A Are you going to parlay it? Oh, I'm going to parlay it. So there's something I've gotten into a little bit lately. You know how you've got those teams that are like minus 200, minus 300, that you're like 100% sure they're going to win, but it's just not worth the bet. So I've been stacking three or four of those teams together to get the benefit up a little bit. Hit on one of those last week when I had uh, Philly, I had uh, Cincinnati, and I had, I don't remember who the other team was in it, but it was one of those same things, Philly, 49ers, and Cincinnati. So this week, I've got a four-team pick for that. I've got Buffalo on the road in New England. Yeah, dangerous maybe because it's in New England, but Buffalo has to win that game. They have to. They have to start reestablishing themselves as a power. Minus 215, so Buffalo is, is one leg of that. The next leg of that is Philly at home over Tennessee. I know Tennessee plays, but they're, they're not winning that game. That's at minus 265 for Philly. Yeah. I've got the Browns minus 265 on the road against the Texans. That's Deshaun Watson's first game. Could be some dysfunction there, but no more dysfunctional than the Houston Texans who don't actually even have a quarterback at this point in time. Based on my experience with our fear boners flag football team, I actually got a call from the Texans, but I I can't this week. Uh, And then the fourth leg of that one, I threw on the Dallas Cowboys at minus 410 at home against the Colts. So four teams that I think are basically locks on a money line pick, but you can't bet against. And all that put together gave me a four pick parlay at plus 234. So that's what I'm going with on that one. Cool. Good for you. I'm sure it'll all hit and work out perfectly. I'm an amateur. I'm not going with a parlay. That's complicated. But I am looking at the over under in Jaguars Lions, two teams whose defense stink. Uh, And it's currently at 51.5. And I'm taking the over on that. Oh, I like that. That that yeah. over could hit by the halftime mark. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I was like, what, 20, 28, 24. Okay. Like, yeah, I'm I'm taking the over on that. The Jaguars just scored 28 points and gave up 27. So uh if they just redo that game and it's gonna be inside. So everyone's gonna be running around, track me like kind it. of thing. And, like the, and we know the Lions play terrible defense. So that's my pick this week. Over 51.5 Jaguars Lions Sunday at 1 p.m. I like it. What a great pick. All right. That's everything we got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to the Encore Fantasy Games podcast. We mostly talk the fantasy football portion of it here. But as we move on, we're going to have new things. We'll have our March Madness pool, and we might have a few other things that pop up. We'll have to get Willie on here for the pick We'll bring Willie on to talk for that for sure. Yeah. Uh, The the, the founder of our Pick 22 uh, March Madness uh, pool will be on definitely as we get into the new year, and we talk about that a little bit more. Thanks again for joining us. Always fun to have you tune in and to the one guy red one who obviously has been listening to us and picking congratulations on your win congratulations sir you are i was distracted by family for thanksgiving also at encore fantasy on twitter and at encore fantasy games on instagram check us out follow along thanks for joining us on the podcast this week and for michael and myself this episode is history that poppycock it's been really hard it hurts me super deep inside you can have that free of charge (laughs) 